Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked on Canadians, and we're starting to wrap up the season here. We're going to take a look at what's left to play for in the final four games and what should be at the top of Kent Hughes' summer checklist, all inside today's show. Locked on Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 817 of Locked on Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. And as always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every single day, wherever you get your daily podcast, or if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so, so, so much for subscribing. I am your host. I am Scott Matla. I am flying solo tonight due to... The inclement weather in Montreal that has unfortunately left my fantastic co-host without power today. She did have a plan for a Wednesday afternoon episode to get out to y'all. And then, of course, the weather took a turn for the worst. And I was unavailable due to prior time commitments on the day. So, we're down to our last four games here. We were going to recap the Red Wings game. Not much to say. It was bad. The Canadians look like they are out of gas, which... Uh, to be quite honest, isn't really all that surprising considering the injuries and the toll, everything else that has been taken on this team. The fact that they've gotten down to the final four games or so here before the gas finally ran out and they're going to have to push that car across the finish line there is fairly commendable. And I look at this as we've taken the back half of this season as a trial period for a number of players. We've seen Raphael Harvey Pennard and we've seen Yessi alone and kind of secure that they are going to be part of this future plan here. We've seen younger guys step up on defense. Justin Barron's played about as well as you could expect. We've seen uh, Jordan Harris before his injury play well. Obviously, Caden Gooley was playing well before he got re-injured. And then we've seen some players who were caught you know, maybe on the bad side of the chopping block here. Yol Armia just came back and watching the game against Detroit. You can tell this is a rusty hockey player. I don't know what his future holds. I look at Rem Pitlick, who of course is not going to be a lights out 30% shooter like he was last season. In these final four games, he's playing for an NHL spot. He already got waived this year. And when everyone's healthy next year, I don't see where he fits on this team over some of the other names that could potentially be available or will be on this team. And I suppose the big one to the biggest, biggest one here, what do you do with Dennis Gurionov who came in red hot, unstoppable. And it's not that his shooting percentage was through the roof or anything. It's just, it kind of slowed down. And admittedly part of that is Kirby Doc's not playing. Kirby Doc's out with an upper body injury suffered in that game against the Sabres. There's no fun in that. Joel Edmondson trying his best, probably not a season he wants to look back on uh, too fondly at all. David Savard's out injured. You know, what else can you really say? Like everyone on this team is beat up. 
Jake Allen has struggled. Samuel Montembeau is doing his best. Caden Primo kind of got lit up against the Red Wings. Do no real fault of his own. And I look at guys like Nick Suzuki, who he's trying his best, but he is pulling the weight of four other centers on his shoulders because behind him, it's Jake Evans, who we love. A winger playing center, Jonathan Drouin, Chris Tierney, Alex Belzeal is out now. They're running low on options here, and they're running out of gas. So these final four games against the Capitals, the Leafs, the Islanders, and the Bruins, it's about pride, basically. The Canadians right now are locked into fifth or sixth in the draft lottery. Arizona sits one point behind, ahead of them, depending on how you want to look at this. And the Flyers, I believe, are like five points up. And with four games to play, the Canadians would have to win out and the Flyers would have to lose out for them to swap places at some point. And I just do not see that happening. The Canadians aren't exactly in a position to continue to win games here. So now we kind of shift into the offseason here. These final four games, can Joel Edmondson continue to try and find his form? Because it's going to be a busy offseason in Montreal. We knew it was going to be a busy offseason in Montreal because they didn't get as much done at the deadline as they wanted because everybody's injured. So it, it begs the question, who is playing for a job next year? I think Michael Pazette has done a pretty good job at keeping his spot. Alex Belzeal has probably got himself a new contract. Chris Tierney, no, probably going to go. He was a throw-in in that trade for Nick Benino, who promptly got hurt. Gone. Yol Armia should be at, probably at the top of the list of players that Kent Hughes should be trying to move. And Yol Armia at his best is a cycle monster along the boards. It's just he's not paid like a guy who's going to play the minutes he is. At the top of Kent Hughes' to-do list this summer is try and acquire another first, and we'll talk more about that in our next segment. If you're going to be moving on from Jake Allen, you got to find another NHL goalie. you got to find someone who can start, you know, 45 to 50 games for you because bless Samuel Montembeau, but we don't know if he can do that. And Jake Allen keeps getting injured, and we no longer know if he can do that. You got to move some of these other veteran contracts, whether that be a Joel Edmondson, whether that be a Mike Hoffman. I can see them moving a guy like Rem Pitlick dirt cheap. He's not expensive and he's got two more years on his deal for a team to plug into their bottom six. I don't quite see how he fits in Montreal, but that doesn't mean I don't see a fit for him on another team whose fourth line might be able to, you know, get more easy minutes in the offensive zone and take advantage of what his skills are. He's a very good skater. He's creative, it's just he's kind of lost in the Montreal shuffle where teams only have to come, can just put out whatever line they want outside of the Suzuki line. There's not a lot of threat there. What's up with Jonathan Drouin? Has he played well enough to earn a contract extension or is he going to walk somewhere else? And honestly, I wouldn't blame him if he did. Ken Hughes is a very, very busy offseason ahead of him. Perhaps more than... We would have liked even in what it was already going to be hectic. We already knew that, but I think there is even more to this than we potentially expected. And part of that goes into the Canadians are already looking to add going into the NHL draft. 
I'm going to touch on those rumors, what that means for the Canadians, and what they should be looking for coming up in our next segment. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, and the NBA playoffs are almost here, and it's now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Bet on everything from three-pointers drained, point scores, money line. And if you're feeling extremely lucky, combine them all into a same-game parlay to increase your winnings. So don't miss out on your chance to claim a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, and remember, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA, and us here at Locked On. And as always, please, please, please bet responsibly when using uh, FanDuel. We're back here at Locked On Canadians. I'm kind of taking a little bit of an advanced preview of what the Canadians offseason holds for them because it's rapidly approaching. There are four games left. One, two, three, four. I don't see many wins in there. And if I look at Tankathon right now, which I always do, the Canadians are six points behind the San Jose Sharks. Sharks have lost one. They're three, three, and four in their last 10. The Habs are three and seven and have lost four in a row. The Flyers have lost four in a row and still sit, it's only, uh, and sit five points ahead of the Canadians. We talked that it's going to be real hard for the Canadians to hit there. Montreal is likely picking fifth or sixth. If we're being very, very honest here, taking a look at difficult schedules left, Habs have the second hardest one. San Jose has the fifth. And uh, where are the Philadelphia Flyers? They are at 19th. Arizona slots in doo, 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 at 25th. There's a good chance the Canadians can gain some ground here. I don't think they're going to catch San Jose, unfortunately. Uh, it's just too much of a difference. That's six points. That means a swap of three wins and three losses going in these directions here. And I don't know if San Jose has that in them. If they did, devastating, devastating stuff for their tank. But I want to take a look at some of the news making the rounds in Montreal today before everyone lost power, which hopefully you're all staying safe and warm. Darren Dreger mentioned that the Canadians are interested in adding a third first round draft pick this season going into this draft here, which, okay, cool. I like first round draft picks. And the first alarm bell that went off in my head is they wanted to add another first round pick last year and they did. And then they traded it. Admittedly, they traded it for Kirby doc, which is fantastic. And that is my first thought is are the Montreal Canadians going to trade for a third first-round pick to swap that Florida pick for a currently established NHL player. And I thought, okay, probably don't need a center right now. They'll potentially draft one and more on who they should draft in our final segment. They don't really need defense. They've got a lot of it, a lot of young defense, so... As much as veterans are important, I think they're trying to suss out what they have. And so I got more and more curious thinking, are they going to trade for a goalie? 
why one, why would you trade a first round pick for a goalie? And I only say that because right now, Frederick Deschamps and Emmett Croteau, not in the organization. They're in they're in the organization, but not in the professional ranks. Uh Deschamps needs a contract. I believe he has some more time to play with Forlunda. And Emma Croteau is finishing up a USHL season. Joe Verbatic played on an AHL deal this year. Will need an entry-level deal. Uh, he played most of this year with the Lions in the ECHL. While not currently in the AHL, you have Caden Primo, Kevin Poulan on an AHL deal behind him, and Jakob Dobish, who signed his entry-level deal that goes live next year. Then in the NHL, Samuel Montembeau and Jake Allen. I can't help but feel one of those two, and I would honestly prefer it be Jake Allen, is going to move. And I don't, and I apologize for not knowing who did this. Someone mentioned that Philadelphia might be considering moving Carter Hart, to which I say they're insane, but I can't help but think high first round pick, tons of pressure, you know, lots of potential flashes, but lacking a consistency on a bad team. That sounds a lot like Kirby Doc and sounds a lot like Carter Hart. And I can't help but think if Ken Hughes wants to make a splash at the NHL draft, that I think is a huge splash. He wasn't going to get Devin Levi. I didn't get Eric Portillo. It's a very interesting thing here. And my thought is the other option is Pierre-Luc Dubois. So that the Canadians get us third first round pick there, flop their flop, the Florida pick flip the Florida pick, sorry, not flop the Florida pick and whatever it takes. And they acquire Dubois in that deal. It's an interesting thought. I would prefer they just keep a third first round draft pick, to be honest with you, and just build up strong through that draft. Cause there's a lot of talent that we're going to get to in our next segment that they should do there. And as I look at the Canadians depth chart too, going into this draft, a goaltender is something that I take a big eye on right now. Cause maybe they run Primo as Montembeau's backup next year. He's got to get, he's got to prove he can stick eventually. And Dobish obviously starts his entry level deal next year. But as I look at the organizational depth chart here in the NHL on the right side, you have Josh Anderson and Brendan Gallagher, both who are here to stay. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yessi Alonen and Mike Hoffman. Those are your NHL wingers right now. Then you have Dennis Gurianov and Yol Armia. Nothing's guaranteed on either of those two players right now. I'm willing to bet they'll bring Gurianov back, though. In the AHL, the only right winger they have that is on an NHL deal is Anthony Richard. And then prospects, it's Joshua and Alexander Gordine. Right wing is becoming an area of intense need, I think, here. Because on the left side, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, Harvey Pinard, Farrell, Pizzetta, Pitlick, Byron, who's done, Emil Heineman, Teasdale, Kandata. But then in the prospect pool outside the NHL and AHL, Guindon, Luke Tuck, Ty Smolanek, Rhett Pitlick, Jack Gorniak. And then down the middle, in just the prospects alone outside the pro ranks, Mashar, Beck, Kidney, Rohr, Kapanen, Blake Biondi, Jared Davidson, Jack Smith. Even if those bottom four don't become anything, you've already got Simino and Stevens in the and in the AHL right now. And ahead of that, it's Suzuki, Doc, Monahan, who knows, Truan, who's playing center, Dvorak, who was signed for next year, Jake Evans, Alex Belzeal, and Chris Tierney. 
that right wing spot is a big area of need. And so is right defense where in the NHL, Savard, Kovacevic, Baron Weidman, Baron's still a prospect. Kovacevic is like what he is. Savard is definitely is what he is. Same with Weidman. In the AHL, Madison Bowie and Frederick Allard, not exactly relating the world on fire. And on the right side, you have the heavy shooting offensive Logan Mayu. You have Miguel Torini, who just finished up his season in Slovakia. Unknown what his next plan is, but I think he could be a nice add uh, in the AHL. Dmitry Krastenko and Danil Sobolev. Not lighting. The defensive group there is big names, and then it trickles down here. And it kind of leads me to think they need a goalie. You don't don't in the first round. They need a right winger. They need a star right winger. They need someone in that first round who is going to become a flexible superstar for this team. Someone who can be that Suzuki, that Caulfield. They have a lot of very talented players in their prospect pool right now. Heineman shooting the lights out. Joshua shooting the lights out. Riley Kidney shooting the lights out. Mashar and Beck are really solid prospects, really good. Cedric Doan is an underrated prospect that I'm really interested in seeing here. But there's still more to be done than on defense. Obviously, Adam Engstrom and Lane Hudson lead the way, but there's always more. There can always be more. And speaking of there always being more, I'm going to put together shortly here the first four picks of the Canadians' upcoming draft who I picked and why, and that's all going to be coming up in just one moment. But first, our show is also brought to you by our friends at Indeed today because Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place so you're not spending hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all on Indeed. All you can do is find top talent fast with Indeed suite of powerful hiring tools like matching assessments and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. It's always tough out there. You always want to hire the best for your company. And Indeed makes that so easy because you can get matches as soon as you sponsor a post with a short list of quality candidates on Indeed right now. It's hiring at warp speed. And Indeed knows you're a growing business. You have to make every dollar count. And that's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. So you have to go visit Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring now. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. And remember, terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Remember, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. And if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, I did a full mock draft special. I did three different mock drafts, first four picks, using FC Hockey's mock draft simulator. I did that again, but I did just one. And this hasn't updated with the final lottery standings yet. So this had the Canadians picking cell 7th and 12th. I adjusted a little bit based on where I think the Canadians are actually going to be picking. So if some of the draft picks don't line up exactly like you might be imagining, bear with me. I'm doing the best that I can with this. And at fifth overall, and this might just be my wish list here a little bit more than anything else, I took Will Smith from the USNT DP. 
And that's because he's a name I've been hearing so, 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 so much over the last year or so. And across the board, he's ranked 6th, ninth, 6th, 7th, 5th, 6th, 5th, 6th, 3rd North American skaters, 5th, 5th, 8th, 5th, 8th. 6 feet tall, 172 pounds, committed to Boston College next year. Put up 104 total points with the U.S. national team this year. That is obviously uh, just in the U.S. development program. In the USHL with the junior team there, he put up 42 points in 20 games. Special, special talent. An absolutely insanely special talent here. And he's not the only one on that team because there are two other names that are right in that same wheelhouse. Both of them centers who we're going to have Tony Ferrari on because I want to have I want to get his insight on this because I wouldn't be shocked if the Canadians made either of these picks uh, is in addition to Will Smith. There's Ryan Leonard, uh, five foot 11, 181 pounds. He is committed also to Boston college. And then Oliver Moore committed to the university of Minnesota. Very good golden Gophers team there. Uh, Moore's ranked 11th, 6th, 13th, 9th, 14th, 11th, 12th, 14th, 6th, in North American skaters, 16th, 17th, 18th, 20th, and seven. If he were to fall to that Florida Panthers pick, you run up to the podium and take him. I do not think that he would. I think he will go shortly after uh, Will Smith, or if not at the same time. And then Ryan Leonard is 12, 7, 25, 13, 12, 10, 11, 13, fourth amongst uh, North American skaters. 7, 14th, 19th, 15th, 12th. Taking him at 5th overall would feel like a little bit of a reach, whereas, like I said, Will Smith seems to be in there. But the options are there that if they picked any of the three, I I really am finding it hard to be potentially bothered by any of that. And that doesn't count Gabe Perot, who is also in there. Uh, I did not check where he was, um, where his rankings were, but that's another potential name there. But I think he's a little bit later in the first one because he's not a center and he's 25, 31, 22, 40, 24, 23, 11, 15th central scouting, 17, 41, 23, 22, 41. There's a real good chance that someone like Gabriel Perot could be that actually their next pick here because he was available when I ran this mock draft because it had the Canadians picking 12th. The Canadians pick, I believe is what 18th or 19th right now. The Panthers obviously jumped into that playoff spot. This is a name that's been bouncing around a lot. And one that I don't know if I like it all that much, but I understand it. And people like David, um, David Savard, sorry, David, David St. Louis and other people have mentioned David Reinbacher. A lot of people think this is going to be a Moritz Sider 2.0 situation playing in a less, I don't want to say good league because that's the NLA is a very strong league, but I think he's a guy that isn't going to get that push for playing in the SHL. Like Moritz Sider was playing in the DEL. Not exactly a league where top picks come from all the time. Playing in the National League this year for uh, Cloton Flyers, and you can uh, listen to Patrick Bexell talk about this on his interview with Thomas Roost. 46 games, three goals, 19 assists, plus, uh, plus seven, 26 penalty minutes, 
played a couple of games for Austria at the World Juniors, five with two assists in that. He's someone that I think people don't want to miss the boat on Moritz Sider 2.0. And with the Canadians' second pick falling out of that lottery range there from in that 13, 14, 15 range where I want you to swing and go for that high skill potential thing, I look at Reinbacher as maybe not the flashiest, but someone who seems like a really solid piece to build around on the blue line. And I've kind of talked myself into him being the pick. Uh, I also thought of Colby Barlow at this point and Delibor Dvorsky, two names that I also think would be of interest to Kent Hughes. I know he's going to have seen a lot of Colby Barlow watching the Owen Sound attack, and I know he's probably gotten a little bit of a look uh, at Dvorsky when they paid attention to some of the work that Slavkovsky had done with the national team here. And like I said, when we talked to Tony Ferrari and other scouts as we head into the draft, we're going to break all that down even further. But right now, I have Will Smith and David Reinbacher as my two first-round picks for the Montreal Canadiens in this mock draft. It gives them a high-skill playmaking center, and it gives them a really solid defenseman to build around. Some offensive upside, just really solid across the board. And now we're going to take a little bit of a jump here because this is one that I'm not totally sold on, and I waffled on making this pick but I can see it making a lot of sense. And that's Daniel B. Uh, I say B like French, like goal, which just makes it all the better. His name is Daniel goal. If you read his name in French, six foot five, 203 pounds playing uh, for locomotive Yaroslavl in the KHL right now, he played 15 games, scored two goals, MHL 26 games, 26 points, 15 goals, 11 assists. Uh, and then played with their other, ironically, it looks like, there are two MHL teams on here. Someone's going to have to help explain that to me. In the playoffs for a locomotive in the MHL, seven games, four goals, five assists. He's a big kid. And his rankings here, 37, 47, 34, 30, 25, 19, 49, number 11 among European skaters by Central Scouting, 38, 36, 44. With the Canadians picking, I believe it would be, if my math is correct, 37th. 33rd, 34th, 37th. He's in that range. I can also understand why some might think it's a reach. And my biggest thing with this is how soon would he be able to come over if he's ready? Because he's a big body. He's physically looks like he is ready, but obviously there needs to be more time on that. This is a little bit of a reach, but I understand why they would take that risk because if it works, I'm not saying like it's going to be like Lane Hudson, but could you imagine? And then in the third round, this came down to uh, Tom Willander and Denver Barkey. And while I had already picked one defenseman, I went with someone that I think Hughes and company got a lot of good looks on watching Mayu this season in London. And that's why I went with Denver Barkey. The upside maybe isn't as high as some other potential picks in that area, but when you get down into the third round, you start trying to find just who is the best option available. The big thing is here, he's not a big kid. Five foot eight, 174 pounds. That's 17 years old. Turns 18 at the end of the month of April here. Uh, for the Knights this year, in 61 games, he put up 59 points, uh, 22 goals, 37 assists. I look at... Once I get the Knights actual thing pulled up here, 
the Knights had a pretty balanced lineup. They didn't have that year where you had a Matthew Kachuk and a Mitch Marner at like 140 points. Sean McGurn led the team in scoring 83 points in 67 games. George Diaco, 72 points in 64. Denver Barkey, 59-61. Mayu, 53 in 59 games. Then Easton Cowan, Rustan Gazilov, uh, Brody Crane. Oliver Bonk was also a name that was in this area. Uh, I opted again to go for a forward in this regard. It's a really, really interesting spot there because we've seen them go for potentially unknowns here in that third round. Look at Adam Engstrom, Matt wanted Jordan Dume, Matt Drake, that is. And Dume is now leading the QMJHL in scoring, but Adam Engstrom is thriving in the SHL and above with a uh, Rogel. So I trust what they're going to do here. I picked Barkey because it seemed like the safe option. Someone that if I am in the mind of Kent Hughes and the scouting staff, they've seen this kid play a lot. They know exactly what he is. Uh, that kind of wraps up the mock draft there. So they end up with Will Smith or Oliver Moore, Ryan Leonard. I wouldn't be upset with any of those three. David Reinbacher, Daniel B. and Denver Barkey in those first three picks. Maybe not the flashiest, but we got to see where the chips are going to fall here. Once the season is over, we will reassess and do another full-scale uh, mock draft like I did previously. Laura will have the show tomorrow. She's going to recap. She's going to have the mailbag for you all. So please, 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 please blow up our mentions at Lockdown Canadians with your mailbag question. That's at, at LO underscore Canadians, LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. Please, please, please send us all those questions. It's going to be an interesting game against the Capitals there. We didn't talk much about it, but there isn't much to say. As always, follow me on Twitter at Scott Matla. Follow Laura at The Active Stick. Subscribe wherever you get your daily podcast. And please subscribe on YouTube. Bring the bell to get notified every time we post a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening, folks. And we will see you all next time.